this is Rita, and I'm speaking with Brian. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome. It's time once again for another edition of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming away as far as remakes, sequels, movies, DVD releases, and, of course, the weekly interview with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 126 of On Screen and Beyond. And my guest this week is two-time Grammy winner Rita Coolidge. She's going to be joining us this week, and Rita will be performing at the 2010 Pasadena Jazz Fest, which runs Saturday and Sunday, August 28th and 29th. So if you're in that area, check it out, because it's going to be a great time, and Rita's going to be there on Sunday, so check it out. And this week at the movie box office, well, it looks like The Expendables can continues to reign supreme over the fight uh, for first place there and uh, they're edging out eat pray love and the other guys so we'll see if they can continue to do that the following weeks here coming our way and uh let's see oh yeah if you have a question that you would like to ask richard hatch of battlestar galactica fame you can send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and richard is going to be an upcoming guest on on screen and beyond and you can ask a question and what you do is just like i said send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and uh, we might use your question to ask Richard. Now, Richard, of course, played Apollo in the original Battlestar Galactica, and he played played Tom Zarek in the remake version. So uh, it's uh, he's done a lot of stuff, and we want to uh, give you a chance to ask him some questions. So, and let's see, it's uh, time to check out what's coming your way as far as remakes in Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, it looks like the TV show Quantum Leap may be heading toward the big screen, and the show's creator is said to be working on a script, and that comes direct from Scott Bakula, who was the star of the original Quantum Leap. Uh, But Scott does say that he and Dean Stockwell will not be starring in the film. So, unfortunately, uh, we'll see what happens with that as it develops. And, of course, things could always change, and, uh, you know, you never know. They may not make it, but uh, we'll... We'll see what's going to come your way on that one. We'll keep you posted. And it looks like Bugs Bunny is heading toward a live-action film starring that wascally wabbit. And it'll be in CGI, live-action, glory. And uh, it looks like uh, Bugs is going to be coming your way. We don't have too much information about what else is going to be in there. Is Elmer Fudd and all those other ones going to be in there? We'll find out. We'll, as soon as we do, we'll let you know about it. That's about it for Remake Madness from On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Upcoming movies, well, a new action film called The Courier will star Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Of course, he was on Grey's Anatomy and everything. And he stars as a courier who must deliver a briefcase to an underworld figure who is in hiding. And everybody, good guys and bad guys, are out after him. And it looks like a biopic of the life of John Belushi is in the works. It will be interesting to find out who lands the job of John Belushi. And uh, Rob Schneider will voice a polar bear in the animated movie Norm of the North. It's about a polar bear and three Arctic lemmings that end up in New York City when their homeland starts to melt. And that's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you to Sequel City to let you know what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as Sequel City, it looks like Black Dynamite 2 may be on its way. There's talk that they would like to make an even bigger and better sequel, and it'll start where the first one left off. And Robert De Niro will reprise his role of Jack Walsh in the sequel to Midnight Run. And it looks like a sequel to The Green Hornet is in the planning stages. Okay, now, of course, The Green Hornet hasn't come out yet, but um looks like they're... Still talking about uh, maybe doing a sequel. And, you know, the way things go right now, it seems like everybody gets a sequel. So unless they do really bad and bomb some something awful, it looks like there will be a Green Hornet on the way, too. And that's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, we're going to take a look at TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, it looks like Season 4 of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda comes to DVD in Canada on October 19th. And another Gene Roddenberry collection, uh, it looks like uh, Earth, Final Conflict, comes to DVD on October 26th. And on uh, Season 6 of Weeds, it's available for pre-orders, okay? Now, it's not even out yet. The season hasn't even, you know, finished or anything like that. Uh, so there's no release date on when it's going to come out, but they're allowing you to pre-order it now. So that's something to keep in mind. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, movies on DVD. As far as movies on DVD, September 14th, you can look for Letters to Juliet as it comes to DVD. And Robin Hood with Russell Crowe arrives on September 21st. And Sex and the City 2 stumbles into stores on October 22nd. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, we're going to sit down and talk with two-time Grammy Award winner Rita Coolidge. Okay, Now, Rita is going to be performing at the 2010 Pasadena Jazz Fest, and she's going to be there on Sunday. The actual Jazz Fest runs on um, Saturday and Sunday, August 28th and 29th, so you might want to be sure to check that out if you're in the area. A lot of great jazz people there, so check it out. Coming up next, Rita Coolidge, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is a multi-Grammy award-winning singer whose hits include Your Love Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher, We're All Alone, All Time High from the James Bond film Octopussy, and so many more. 
And on Sunday, August 29th at 3 o'clock, she will be performing on stage at the Red, White, and Blues Pasadena Jazz Festival. It's Rita Coolidge. Rita, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you, Brian. It's good to be speaking with you. And, and Rita, it, it's such a thrill to have you on here. I've loved your music for so many years. And this event you're going to be at on Sunday, August 29th in Pasadena, um, it's got an incredible lineup. Uh, there's you, there's Stanley Clark, Everlast, uh, Kevin Eubanks, and more and more. Uh, this is going to be quite an event for jazz lovers. I think it is, too. I'm really honored to be a part of this lineup. Uh, and so much looking forward to it. What can we expect from you uh, for the evening uh, that you're going to be in the afternoon when you're going to be singing? Um, any of the hits and things? And yeah, we we do the hits. Um, we do a couple of them, and some of them are um, we're all alone. I re-recorded on my jazz CD, and so is Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll be doing that. It's just a little more not pop, but more jazz treatment. Yeah. And the same thing with Higher and Higher. We have a jazz arrangement on Higher and Higher, which is pretty interesting. And we'll be doing jazz from the record. We'll be doing, uh, you know, probably Fever, because that was one of those rare records that charted on the um, pop, adult, contemporary, uh, jazz, and country at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm sure we'll put that in, but a lot of a lot of music will be from the jazz CD. Yeah. Now, with, with that song, um, you'd had done other jazz songs before in the past, hadn't you? Yes, I did a jazz record in the '70s with uh, a pianist from New York. Her name was Barbara Carroll. Right. Yeah. And she and I were very, and still are, very good friends. And after we did the first CD or the first recording. I have wanted to do another record and, uh, you know, was not able to do that. Finally, my management was able to, you know, hook something up with Concord and I was able to do this record with most wonderful people. Did, was it a thrill finally to, to be able to do it since you've been wanting to do it for so long? Absolutely. It was a dream come true. Loved it. I loved being in the studio. It was challenging. It, it was fulfilling. It was just everything. It was, it's probably my favorite uh, recording that I've done. Really? Yeah. Now, um, one of your, like you say, we were saying earlier, one of your first singles was Fever. And, and of course, that was a classic Peggy Lee song. Um, was it sort of like a, a, a tribute or a nod to her as one of your idols? Well, she absolutely is that. I think she's probably... Her music is the reason I'm in the music business. Really? I've listened to her since I was three years old. Mm-hmm. And really, I think, realized at a very young age, uh, because of Peggy, that I, you know, that I really wanted to, that's what I wanted for my life. Wow. Um, I think, you know, I, I felt like music chose me. I didn't choose music, but Peggy had a big part of it. Now, when, when you were young, you say two or three years old, uh, were you one of those kids that was running around with the hairbrush singing? No, I sang with the record. I sat right by the record mm-hmm. and and sang with Peggy. I would play records for records over and over. This is preschool when all my brothers and sisters were in school. Right, yeah. And I would stay at my grandmother's house while, during the school day and just play Peggy's records over and over. Hmm. Wonderful aunt that would keep me stocked with Peggy and everything's good. <laughs> Did anybody ever film you or record you 
way back then? I don't think we had anything like, a, a, you know, a camera that made mo mo movie pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it'd be interesting to see that. We lived so deep in the hills in northeast Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, the record player that came with the Begley Records was definitely a luxury. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so who were your other inspirations? Well, Ray Charles has always been, has always just meant so much to me, his music and just the, his pure talent. And the fact that he could do anything, I think that was, that's something that Ray and Peggy had in common. Ray, you know, would jump all over the place with his music. He did yeah. jazz, he did big band, of course his own unique style, uh, but he did country music and he, he never felt limited in style as far as the music that he sang and recorded. And I, that, to me, that just represents uh, such a, a natural gift and, and, and actually, you know, the freedom that Ray and Peggy created for a lot of singers. And then, of course, I listened because we lived uh, up above Nashville. My sister and I, by the time I was probably 10 or 11, had a radio between our twin beds in uh, in our room, mm -hmm. and after everyone had gone to bed, we would listen to WLAC out of London, Tennessee, and listen to R&B at night. So, I, you know, I knew about Albert King and and a lot of those singers uh, very early on. Yeah, and I can remember, you know, nowadays the radio stations are very, uh, you know. This is pop. This is country. This is. I can remember back in the seventies, we'd listen to the radio, and they would be, uh, you know, you'd hear a pop song, you'd hear a, a country song. It, it was all everything was mixed in, and, and I think people got a better um, feeding of music of different types of music back then. That's right, and, and you know, the, I mean, I think probably the number of radio stations that did reach out were, were proportionate to the number of people recording. There weren't that many people in the record business, not that many record companies. You know, it was uh, it was fairly limited, and the cities where people recorded, you know, Memphis, right, um, and Nashville, of course, and and New York and Chicago and Detroit. Um, I mean, there were all the specific sounds that came out of those cities, and uh, and you know, they, they were music towns. Oh yes. When you when you first heard your song, whatever song it was that you had made on the radio, what was it like? What was the feeling? Um, it was just kind of like being in a dream. I was waiting for somebody to to pinch me, I guess. <laughs> uh, and one of the reasons being that the song that I heard was a song that I had recorded while uh, I was still in Memphis with a a tiny record label. They actually only were up for maybe three or four records and then they went back to being the jingle factory, but it was Pepper Records. Mm -hmm. And when I came out to California in 1969, I had a number one single in Los Angeles. It was a regional hit. Yeah. And I didn't even know about it until I got here. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, and, and it was, it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really a unique situation. And, uh, God has smiled on me. It was amazing because I came to California and I'm doing all the TV shows and 
you know, right. everybody knew who I was, and I, I was not ready for that. Oh, really? A kid out of college. Do you know where you were when you heard the, your, your song on the radio for the first time? I was in the car with, with uh, some girlfriends. And I was wearing their gray bell-bottom pants. Oh, really? <laughs> I remember everything. <laughs> and I think we were driving out to somewhere in the valley in L.A. to get a burger. Huh. And uh, we, it came on the radio. And, and then, of course, the disc jockey was just over the top raving about this record and this new singer. And, it, you know, and everybody was screaming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like kids, but we were kids. Yeah. Huh. It's funny how music can do that, you know, bring back a certain point in your life. And, and your your songs do that a lot. Well, I think music is, you know, that people who love music and listen to music, um, actually, I think it really gives them a timeline. Oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's the gift that I seem to keep receiving. You know, people will talk to me after a concert, and they'll tell me, you know, how a song meant so much to, you know, to them at a certain point in their life. Of course, a lot of times, the, the ballads, like We're All Alone, is, uh, that's, that was everybody's song. Oh, yeah. A generation of people that, that all got married with that song. Oh, yes, that's a popular one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's the, it's the same with me. Hmm. Now, when you were a backup vocalist for people like uh, Delaney and Bonnie and Joe Cocker and Leon Russell and uh, Eric Clapton, uh, what was it like working with those people? I mean, those are legends. I think it was uh, it was just grand. I mean, I always was aware that I, you know, that I uh, had a had a special situation because I was the only singer that could stay in L.A. and do, you know, contract background sessions, or I could be on the road with Delaney and Bonnie. And I think one of the one of the greatest memories was being in England. I think that was around 1969 with Delaney and Bonnie, maybe 1970. And Eric was the guitar player in the band. We flew in to London and then out to Surrey and stayed at his house and rehearsed. And and did this series of live recordings, which are going to be released, I think, within the next month, if they haven't already been, by Rhinoceros Records. Mm-hmm. Um, but on stage at the Albert Hall, we had, uh, of course, Delaney Bramlett on guitar and Eric Clapton on guitar, and George Harrison had joined the tour for several days. Wow. <laughs> he was playing guitar, and then Dave Mason shows up and plays. Jeez, what a lineup. Uh, it was it was amazing, and Bonnie still got the headlines of the newspaper the next morning. Wow, jeez! <laughs> said May West, West hit the Albert Hall. <laughs> so I I was just so so incredibly happy. Just a great time. We sang all the time. Really, I can imagine. We would sing after the show. We'd go to somebody's room and sing with all these guitars, and we would get up the next day and get on the bus, and we would sing all the way to the next gig. And and then again, after the show, we would sing until we had to move again. Huh. It was just constant music. It's what I call rock and roll university. Oh, yeah. And then the Joe Cocker tour gave me my master's in that. <laughs> well, I, I wonder, 
I want to ask you about that because you were actually, uh, well, I guess we could call you one of the mad dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, I would have to be. You were a member of Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs and Englishman Tour. Um, so how was that? What, any stories about that you could give us? Well, that was, well, of course they made a film. It was the first, uh, I think we call it a rockumentary. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, they had 60, I don't even know. It was either 65 hours, maybe 165, because we were out forever on that tour. And when we left uh, Los Angeles, we had rehearsed like 12, 14 hours a day, because at some point Joe thought he didn't really have to do the tour if he didn't want to. He didn't want to, and his management came forward and said, no, you you not only have to do this, but your health might be at risk if you don't. <laughs> so... Uh, we just jammed that band together, and we left with 55 people with kids, uh, children, I mean, women, children. One girl had her dog, and of course, the, I don't think the airplane was even big enough to fit us all in. Some people sat on the floor, and hmm. it was fairly um, rock and roll, I would say, full-on rock and roll. Wow. And, we, you know, it would be hard try, just trying to to live with that many people on the road and get, get places. But once again, when the music started and Joe came out, everything was perfect. Oh, yeah. Your nickname of Delta Lady. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, it came from a song that Leon Russell had written mm-hmm. about me, and he definitely took poetic license with it because <laughs> I never stood wet and naked in the garden. <laughs> Maybe. He had those fantasies. That was <laughs> not written. They're not based on truth. Uh, but it's a song that he had written, and Joe, of course, recorded it. And um, when we went on the Joe Cocker tour, everyone knew that Leon had written that song for me. So I got to handle the Delta Lady. Okay, so the, then you were called Delta Lady after the song was written. Right. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was, you know, before. You, you read a lot of things on the Internet, and it said before, you know, so I didn't know for sure. No, I think it came, to the best of my memory, it came uh, when, when Liam wrote the song. Ah, okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now I noticed another thing that, and I had no idea that you had done this. You you were the voice of Melissa the Raccoon in the Christmas Raccoons. I sure was. <laughs> How did that come about? I mean, that that's a, a total you know move from music over to. Of course, you sang songs in in the film itself, right? Yeah, I did, but, but I also did the voice for Melissa. Is that something they've done more? I had a ball doing that. Really? Yeah, and and had the, you know Rupert Holmes did. Uh, did one of the Christmas records. I think I did a couple of them, but it, we had a, we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I see animated films now. Of course, have the top box office stars right. doing the voices. You know, and and it, it is very impressive um, that they you know that 
you have they have these people, Carmen Diaz, you know, that just over and over again yeah. participates uh, in the in the Shrek movies. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's fabulous. And, and when I see these people on TV after they've done an animated film, they're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the good thing is that all ages can go see it. That's the thing. Absolutely. And, and I see it because I have three granddaughters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little ones, of course, uh, I've been watching things uh, since the older daughter, who is 14. Um, and then there's a, one three year, almost three years old. She'll be three years old on Friday. But um, it's so much fun to watch, you know, like the, the Princess and the Frog. Yeah. It's fabulous because the music is so incredible. Mm, yeah. The world's music and the... You know, the, the, the smells and the sound, and it just takes me right to New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fabulous. So yeah. I do enjoy those. So when your grandchildren watch, do, do they watch the, the Christmas raccoons and say, oh, that, I know who that is? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I have a copy. I think uh, my daughter has a copy at their home, but I don't even think I have a copy. Oh, really? Yeah. I should, yeah, I should get one. Yeah. <laughs> Now, all-time high, uh, you know, it, James Bond has had a lot of different movies uh, with, with, you know, big-name people singing songs, and, and you're one of them, but only some of them are really that memorable, and yours is definitely one of the more memorable ones. Um, how was it? Did they approach you for that? Or did, yeah, they did. Yeah? I think that uh, the story that I heard, uh, Cubby Broccoli, who was the producer mm-hmm. of all those films until he's had, um, had a daughter whose name was Barbara, and she was a fan, and she was trying to figure out a way to get to get my to get me to do the new Bond film, which was Octopussy. Yeah. Because they kind of do the music last, so she just started playing my records around the house at night. And one night, of course, Cubby was having dinner, and he said, uh, "Who is that singing? That's the voice I want for the new movie." And she goes, "Yes, it works." <laughs> So then I got the phone call. Wow. I think, um, I think that was one of the, had, I think it was way up there with Airplay that year. It was it had more Airplay than probably any record I ever had. Oh, yeah, it was a great song, and, you know, it worked so well on the film. Any new projects you're working on? Any n- new music coming our way? Or Well, I've just finished, uh, um, I haven't finished it, but, you know, we got the initial uh Part of it started. I've just done an album, uh, a collection of songs uh, that are what I call roots music. Back to like Memphis in the early '70s. It's a soul record. Did a Sam Cooke song, an Otis Redding song, Al Green, Ann Peebles. um, You know those kinds of tunes and songs that I just loved and always wanted to record. Mm -hmm. It was recorded at, at a a music uh, school theater in Los Angeles, but it's that we're actually set up on this big stage as if we were in the studio. And we were filmed in 3D, and it's a really cutting edge of uh, music videos, of course. Wow. They filmed the whole, uh, all of the recording session in 3D, so I think that hopefully the, the DVD, which will be released 
um, around Christmas in 3D, in Blu-ray, and HD, mm -hmm. uh, with the songs on the, on the other side of the disc. And then in February, there'll be just the CD. Wow. Just for music lovers who don't have, you know, the, the luxury of a 3D TV. Right, yeah. <laughs> Big surround sound system. Yeah. That'd be for my friends. <laughs> Now, Rita, of all the songs that you've done, is there a personal favorite? Boy, it's hard to it's hard to say. I really love uh, on the new record. I really like uh, the Anne People song "Can't Stand the Rain." Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, it's just the arrangement that the arranger and I did together, and the band and everything just it's just a perfect fit. And when those things happen, when and you listen back, and you just feel like it's such a good fit. I really like that. I think on the jazz record, mm -hmm. uh, Cry Me a River, or, or Don't Go to Strangers, that was pretty special. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, as always, I mean, We're All Alone has, has meant so much to people, and that makes it mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Because every time I sing it for an audience, I see couples in the audience just kind of look at each other and move closer together and and I can see them uh, you know going down memory lane yeah oh yeah I talked about earlier so I, I think that probably has to be up there at the top hmm. well Rita um, I, I just want to finish up with two quick questions and we always like to ask this what are your favorite TV shows old or new my new my favorite TV show TV shows well, right now it's a show on USA called Covert Affairs. Yes. And then I, of course, I, I love the Law and Order shows. I'm looking forward. To, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the new LA Law and Order. Yeah. But I have to say, from probably you know my younger days, that Laverne and Shirley to me was the best. Oh uh, yes. And what about movies? What's your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, I don't go to the movies that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, uh, because I live in the country. Mm hmm Um, favorite movies. I'm, I think of old movies, Gaslight. Yes, good movie. That was just such an incredible film. I mean, you know, I love Casablanca, old, old films again. Right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Right now, I can't think of a single new one. Yeah, well, most people give me older ones anyways. Gone with the Wind is one that pops up a lot. Well, it, you know, it would be, but if I had my choice to sit down and watch a movie right now, it would probably be something Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I loved all of, his, all of his films. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, one of the greatest. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. But, you know, it just, it just seems like those movies stand the test of time. Definitely, yeah. And I loved, you know, let, let's not ignore, I I absolutely lost <laughs> my mind when I saw Avatar in 3D IMAX. Oh, yeah? I mean, I just, I, unbelievable. <laughs> that was really like being in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's cha changing. <laughs> and people have mixed feelings about it. I've got a girlfriend, she just refuses to see it. <laughs> like animation. So. Yeah. <laughs> well. I thought it was beautiful. Hmm. 
Well, Rita, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate you, and I wish you luck at the uh, the Pasadena Jazz Fest. I'm so looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me on the show. And I want to thank Rita so much for taking the time to talk to us. Rita, great guest, and a lot of nice stories, and you know, it's just. In- fascinating to listen to and let's see she's going to be performing at the 2010 pasadena jazz fest it's coming up on saturday and sunday august 28th and 29th and she will be there on sunday the 29th so be sure to check that out if you're in that area and also want to remind you that uh, richard hatch is going to be joining us soon on on screen and beyond and he was apollo on battlestar galactica in the 70s and he was Tom Zarek in the remake of Battlestar Galactica in 2004 to 2009. And if you have a question that you would like to ask Richard, well, you can send it to us. And you can send it to us at on, feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And be sure to tell us where you are from and who you are so we can mention it to Richard if we use your question on the show. And let's see, this September starts Season 4 of On Screen and Beyond, and we have some fascinating guests lined up for the coming season, so we hope you'll keep joining us each week, and we appreciate when you do. Till next time, this is Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 